0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sarah and Friends, a podcast series that's part of Teaching Channel's Teach Talks. It's where I grab some of my educator friends and geek out for a while about teaching and leading and learning. In this series, we're taking a look at a special kind of wisdom, the kind that my guests would give to their first year teacher selves. Don't worry if you're not a first year teacher, there's plenty of insight for all of us from these educators. And I am really excited to have with us today, Leah Alcala, who teaches high school math at Berkeley High School in Berkeley, California. And I know our teaching channel community will know her of uh, my favorite no fame. So Leah, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, so good to
1: be with you today.
0: Yeah, uh, I would love for you to maybe tell us a little bit more about um your your teaching journey, how
1: you have ended up where you are right now? Well, I've always wanted to be a teacher or a sports broadcaster, and I went with <laughs> teaching. But I decided that when I was 12 and I was in a math classroom in Berkeley where I grew up, and I was watching my teacher just be magical. Oh. And so I focused... Like from then on, on getting better at the craft of teaching and specifically math so that my teaching would have a subject to attach itself to. Sure. So I went to UCLA, got a degree in pure theoretical mathematics, went to UC Berkeley, got a master's in math education, and then started teaching high school right as soon as I finished my master's degree. Loved teaching Really found that the kids weren't ready for high school level math, so I went back and got a job teaching with a good friend of mine teaching middle school in Berkeley, and I was there for over a decade, and all my videos were filmed in that classroom. Okay. Okay. And then I realized with Common Core that kids are getting much better prepared. The Common Core really is making a difference in how students are learning. And now I was able to start teaching high school again. So I graduated from middle school after 11 (laughs) years. And I'm in my second year at Berkeley High now. Wonderful. Do you remember what
0: made that teacher magical when you were 12 years old?
1: It was that I was learning things in her class and I think that that is what really drives me that I know that kids love to learn every kid loves to learn and she was able to make that happen not like every moment because that's very hard learning kind of takes time but consistently I was consistently learning new things and it was so much fun
0: well, we all know from being able to peek into your classroom through the teaching channel that your students are also um, learning. I mean, we can see it in in their faces and in their eyes, and it's really clear that they're doing that. What have you
1: learned about the craft of teaching? One, that I have to focus it on learning so that I need to make sure that I see like my career is from stepping stone to stepping stone, I'm reaching out like into an ocean, and I reach those new stepping stones every time I see a kid go, oh, or I guess hear a kid go, oh, I get it now, and then once I get there, I'm like, oh, solid, good, let's move on. And Mm -hmm. so we're watching kids learn is just the bread and butter of my career, and it applies To me as well I have to as a teacher who's going to be doing this for a long time continue to learn myself absolutely absolutely Absolutely.
0: do you think you could tell us the story about my favorite no I, I hope you know how revered this video is by all by me by all kinds of people um and I, I think we all would just really love to know like, the story behind it. Where did it come from? How did you come to this?
1: Well, one of the things when I was at UC Berkeley, I, one of my colleagues was doing her master's thesis on how kids don't read feedback Okay. which is really like heartbreaking sure. to a math teacher because we spend hours grading tests and probably an English teacher as well and providing kids all this feedback and then the idea that they weren't paying attention to it
0: sure
1: i was kind of lost as to how to help them learn so i'm always trying to come up with ways for kids to to accept feedback from me and absolutely and in addition i really want them to be able to understand that their growth depends on them making mistakes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mentioned in the video i thought clickers were going to be the way to do it i yes. would give them questions they yes. would answer <laughs> on a clicker and then they would get feedback about whether they got it right or wrong and I was like this is the way to go and then i contacted a clicker company and it was Back then, it was like $15,000 was my quote, or $10,000, something ridiculous. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. I don't have that kind of money, nor do I really have the technological know-how to instill that in my classroom smoothly. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I just started looking at students' mistakes after school and feeling like, oh, I should tell them this. And then I started the, oh, let me write some feedback on this exit ticket yeah and yeah. then i it brought back to mind that students don't look at that type of feedback so i needed to do something more immediate so that was generally how the idea simmered around and i landed on collect the work sort it and then look for something that i've seen before most of the mistakes that i discuss in my favorite no i've seen before i'm seeing it on their homework i'm seeing it on their classwork so i know what to look for but I'm able to bring it out in the moment. It looks much more magical
0: right, in real time. Right, absolutely. You know, I think... Two of the things that you said really stick out to me. One of them is kind of the reference about the difference between the technology and the note cards, Mm -hmm. um, because that makes this accessible to teachers. I think that's one of the things that really resonates with teachers, whether it's this video or another video of the teaching channel or, um, you know, any other kind of strategy that they learn about, that there isn't a barrier Mm -hmm. between teachers and effective practice that you know is is marked by um, technology or the lack of it, and I think you really conveyed that to all of us in an important way.
1: Mm-hmm. I, when I was growing up, my mom used to take me on walks, and we would do math talks. There was no paper, yeah. no pencil, no technology, but just an ongoing conversation about how we saw math around us, and so that really instilled in me that learning is not as gimmicky as it can be made out to be. Like there are things that can aid learning in certain ways, but at its heart, it's a conversation between two people Uh or a group of people and trying to just get the, Oh, and then the next, Oh, and just keep going from there.
0: How cool that you and your mom did learning walks. Uh, That's
1: really cool. She's great. Shout out to my mom. That's really cool. Have you ever done that with your students? Uh, not, walking around but yes i've mentioned it and we do lots of no paper no pencil no doing anything except for talking and thinking i Uh think that that's an important skill
0: yeah well and that is such an underpinning really of um, not only math, but all content areas, this ability to reason and to really construct those ideas in your mind and then be able to demonstrate them
1: in whatever discipline that is. You know? yeah. yeah. And it, I have a lot of kids with learning differences who have this great ability to describe things orally and then kind of fall apart when they have to put it on paper. Right. So to really show the whole class and these kids that that That's really what we need to do, communicate our ideas effectively, Mm -hmm. whether you do it best in writing or do it best out loud, both are valid, both are helpful.
0: I think that actually really dispels a lot of stereotypes that people might have about a math classroom. Um, the way that you're talking about this, because in an English classroom, I struggle with the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Kids have the story up in their head and they don't know how to get it out on paper. Your kids have the math up in their head, but they don't know how to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're I, so much I, similar than we give ourselves credit for, aren't we? You know, It's all learning.
1: It's yeah. Learning how to explain your ideas to other people in a way that makes sense.
0: So you have given us um, a lot of really interesting advice, actually, um, about the importance of learning. I would like to do um, some digging into perhaps some of the people who have given you memorable advice about teaching or learning. Do you have um, any any pieces of advice
1: that stick out to you that you still hang on to? I have bunches of them. As I said, I feel like it's my job to keep getting better, not to like overwhelm myself, sure. but I have like a goal of improving my practice every year. Yeah. And that does two things it like moves me forward and makes me engaged in my job. And it allows me to give myself some slack when I do poorly. Yes. Because I'm going to get better. That's part of my job. And I want to be here for a long time. I don't want to burn out real quick. But Things that really stand out, my I had a teacher who said that teachers' classrooms are based on each teacher's knowledge goals and beliefs. And what that said to me is that my belief on students' ability to learn is really critical to my practice. So I have to believe that all of my kids can learn. And and I can I see when that's important. When it's important is when I get kids who are far, far below grade level, right. and I'm like, I have to remind myself that they're able to learn, and I am able to help them, and so that helps me push through like the struggle, the hard work that I see ahead of me.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Another really totally different topic, but piece of advice that stuck with me is I was the highlighting mistakes video that I did. Yes. that's yes. This, inspired by a teacher who just sat down with me two days before school. And he was like, have you ever considered not writing kids' grades on their tests? And I literally had not considered that ever. And once I started mulling it over, I was like, this is exactly the direction I want to go. I want to move towards having assessments be a time of reflection for students and give them feedback that is not going to turn them off to learning, but bring them into my fold
0: yeah do you know what the impetus was for him to ask you that question
1: we were talking about testing and uh-huh. he had the year before stopped writing test grades on uh-huh. his students tests and he was kind of like sharing that great idea with me and i really latched on to it and it's really changed my students buy-in to my class.
0: It's so fascinating to me to hear this backstory and kind of put the pieces together. Uh, because what I hear you talking about over and over again is essentially replacing the word assessment with the word feedback. Yeah. So whether it, in in the spans, I, I'm just thinking of all of your videos right now, and I'm replaying them in my mind, and I'm thinking about them. And, uh, and that's what I hear you saying, that
1: giving feedback is the teaching
0: yeah it has nothing to do
1: with the grading yeah and yeah in my ideal world we would end grades sure that is where we would go and my middle school actually split the two grades so kids got a assessment grade and they got a habits of work grade and that was wonderful sure but you want kids I mean it's all about learning and so many kids don't like school. And I feel like it's the grading piece that's getting in the way that they're saying that we're giving them some number and saying, this is who you are, instead of putting the focus back on, let's just keep learning. Let's just keep learning. And yeah. if all you do is learn and learn and learn and love it, yes. school becomes this wonderful place. Right. And then we have these kids who become adults who are creative and imaginative and okay. able to communicate their ideas and are really going to save the world. I, I yeah. feel like the the future of the world depends on these kids loving to learn.
0: Yeah,
1: that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's <cute. laughs> Corn, but true. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah, it's not corny at all. I, not at all. And and it won't be corny at all to any of the people listening because there, everybody is nodding in agreement. I can guarantee you that. Let's think a little bit about your first year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What kind of advice would you give to your first year teacher self? Um, I how have, long have you been teaching? I forgot to ask you.
1: Oh, 16 years. Okay. okay. Which means that my third day of teaching was September 11th, 2001. Wow. It was, awesome. so I started teaching and it was just trauma, like from the very beginning. And I think wow. it was a hard way to start what definitely got me through that hard start was seeing the kids learn so the the learning was happening already and then like exercise is just a very important piece of my life oh, in okay. terms of processing things that have gone wrong like i kids would I would do something wrong, kids would say something and I'd respond inappropriately or do something wrong and then I'd go home and go on a run or ride my bike or take a walk and kind of process it and the movement really helped. So it's a very particular thing that I think is important but you need to um, provide yourself the space to process what happens each day because it's so Mm -hmm. much, it comes so fast
0: absolutely
1: Absolutely.
0: the 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 catharsis you know the room for the catharsis i think is so important because it's so noisy i mean literally noisy and figuratively (laughs) noisy this profession is loud and we have to be able to turn the volume down enough i think in order to hear our own clear selves talking back to us so i think that's really valuable uh whenever i do interviews uh I'd love to take the opportunity, if I can, to do a little speed round or lightning round at the end. So I have five kind of quick questions for you. I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, And so just really brief answers, kind of the first thing that comes to mind, all right? Little game, kind of. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, What are you reading right now? Oh, gosh. I'm reading a book called Etched in Sand. It's a story about a girl who was raised in an abusive household. It's a little dark, but it's really, it's kind of the power of like overcoming your circumstances. Yeah.
0: Somebody was just telling me they were reading this book two days ago. So oh it must goodness. be great. Yeah. The second
1: one, um, what does it feel like to walk into a classroom? Well, it depends on whose classroom it is. I always love classrooms, and I really love walking into mine. Uh huh. But um, that's it. It depends. It classrooms are run very differently. I can be overwhelmed in some classrooms, and I can be very calm in some classrooms. It depends on how it's being run. Certainly.
0: Can you give me the first name
1: of a memorable student? There's this one kid who was my first year teacher teaching day. No. Yeah. I and, you my can see his peers, face. and I can picture him because he threw me fatty, <laughs> So adorable. And I reacted wrong to him all the time. So I learned so much from him about how to maintain my composure.
0: Well, that was gonna be my follow up question. What did this student teach you? So you were ahead of the game there.
1: Yeah. What does it mean to be a teacher? Mm. It means to have people learning around you. Mm-hmm. you. I think there is no teaching in the absence of learning. Yeah. And I sometimes worry when I hear teachers say, we are going to expose our students to this. We're just going to talk about it and we'll see what they get out of it. If I feel it's very important that they're learning something and that our goal is some concrete learning objective and Exposure to me is not learning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Leah, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, It has been so fascinating to, like I said, just kind of get the behind the scenes um, and to see where so much of the brilliance that, that we've been able to witness, where it really comes from. And certainly thank you for reminding us how important it is to focus on the learning Thank you for tuning in. I hope you've heard some of your best teaching self in this conversation today and can remember that the work you're doing, it's the very best kind. This is Sarah Brown-Wesling for Teaching Channel. You can stay in touch with me via Twitter or through my webpage at BrownWesling.com.